Hi, everybody. So here we are, another TSE podcast. We had a bit of a break due to various circumstances. Um, I think Stuart was on holiday and John was eating pickles. And uh, I actually had uh, my cellar flooded. So all these things came together and prevented us getting together. So here we are today. And I think, what song are we on now, guys? John thought we were on Born to be Free because he had a bit of a brain fog and yeah. uh, didn't realize we'd already recorded that episode. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we're, we're talking about Pandora today. Is that right, guys? Yeah, we are. Definitely. We are. Right, so we normally start off, um, uh, usually Stuart kicks off this week, um, and I thought, why don't I just actually just talk about the song first of all, we'll just do this roundabout face, is that rather than talk about the media? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Shake it up. Just talk about the music. I first heard Pandora when Stuart sent me over the demo tape. I'd never heard of it before because it wasn't an old Pillow Fights Back song that I think, and I'm not too sure when Stuart wrote it, he'll tell me. But I remember, actually, I remember I had huge problems coming up with the production for this song because I had no point of reference. And I remember I stared at my um, software for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to build a chorus and trying to build a verse. And I really didn't know where to go. And I remember, actually, Stuart, I said to you, I need a reference for this. And I think you sent over the song by The Squeeze come, called Some Fantastic Place. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a vague reference point. I think my original take on Pandora was that it would have Hammond organ in it and all sorts of, and sound a bit sort of um, bluesy. So I was, I think I had a, a talk talk, sorry, yeah, a talk talk song in mind as well. But yeah, you're right. There was the squeeze song, Some Fantastic Place, which was, um, no, actually, no, we got that wrong. Some Fantastic Place wasn't for Pandora. That was for the girl from Devon. So yeah, I come to that. Yeah, get, no, it's a talk, talk song that I I was really keen on, which came from the Color of Spring album, it, album in 85, 86, I think it was. And yeah, I was referencing all of that stuff. And I think you took it away and went, hmm, it's not sure it's going to work with all of that old-fashioned sounding instruments in it. And I'll let you carry on from there. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I forgot about that Squee song. It was a reference for another track. No, I remember this. It was the... Um, song from Talk Talk uh, that appeared on the album that you mentioned. Yeah, and the big takeaway I took from that was the organ. So then I actually yeah. managed to build, I think, the verses actually with some of the organ sounds. And that was the point of reference that I actually used. Yeah. But yeah, it was a very difficult song. I didn't know where to start with it at all, but that was the key reference song. And once I had that reference, then I was able to build on it. And uh, yeah, I suppose the obvious question is, is the Pandora, who is she? <laughs> I really, um, I really, really like this song. It's the, one of the only songs I've written in the third person. And so it's about somebody else, obviously. And there, there was a real Pandora, but she wasn't called Pandora. Back in the day, a few years back now, I used to, I lived in West London and I had a really good mate who lived, had this really cool garden flat in Camberwell that he was renting uh he worked in the in um in the city doing something rather and his girlfriend at the time was worked for a bank and she was quite you know she was very successful and I think she was the one that kind of paid for the garden flat to be honest but she was kind of that that archetypal late 80s early 90s kind of pushing a new new woman if you like and before the ladette culture thing happened and I based the character of Pandora entirely on her. Her name was Annette. <laughs> the Pandora name came from an old girlfriend of mine in the early 80s, years and years ago, one of my first girlfriends. 
was called Man Miranda and her nickname was Pandora. And I just like that. Obviously, I just like the name Pandora because it's it's a great name to it's not a great name to sing because it's got a P on it and you're always popping with P's. But just like the name, I just thought this Pandora works for this song because this woman is quite a um, confident, successful woman, and Pandora suggested that sort of that name suggested that sort of woman to me. So that's that's the background to who Pandora actually was these days. And I'll come to this later. Uh, I like to see Pandora as my daughter who lives in London and works and is very London centric and a thrusting, successful, confident girl. And so I kind of look at Pandora as my daughter, Charlie, now. So, yeah. So, I mean, what did you think, John, when you first heard the demo? I can't well, remember. I don't think Charlie works as well as Pandora in the song, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work at all, does it? Not at all. My, my original... Um... My original thoughts on the song were that, that it was like very, very much a pop song. And it uh, it had all sorts of different sections and nuances that, you know, every section is different, you know, and it, and it kind of needs needs that and it, build, it builds up to the chorus. And I mm. think... Um, what you did, what you did on the backing track, Tony, was uh, was was just perfect. You know, um, Stuart, uh, uh, this was one of the very few songs on the album that I don't think that I followed the vocals too closely with the bass line. I made, you know, the intro and the verses I made very melodic, and and I kind of got my Beatles influence out there. You know, the, the McCartney type you know, octave stuff that's like ringing out and nice and uh, melodic. Yeah. Then, then it came to um, the bridge section and then and then my kind of Chris Squire influence came in and I started doing all these weird fast feels. Then the chorus, my, my song of reference on the chorus to this song was hanging around by the stranglers mm. if you've ever listened to that song yeah when, definitely. It, when it goes into the chorus hanging around you've got that really chugging bass line and that's what i kind of tried to do on that to give it uh light and shade but uh it was for me it was an easy song for you two not as much yeah, I remember, no. some, I remember somewhere in the song, there's this incredible bass run. It was my favorite part of the album. I can't remember. I think it's when it's coming out of the, um, um, I can't remember, but you do this thing where I don't know what you're doing, you're sort of climbing up the, um, there's this weird sequence of bass notes and almost, and you end it on a double bass note. I can't remember, actually. Do you remember the section? Oh, that I, I know the section is, she takes taxi cabs, I yeah, and then it's the next line. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. It's almost it's almost like if you start, you start yeah. on a root you start on a root note, you go down the scale and then you go back up and you play another note and you end up on a double note. And yeah. I thought that, I, I thought that was genius. When I first heard it, I think I downloaded it and I before I imported it into the track, I thought, how's that gonna work with that piece of music? Because <laughs> yeah. it's just like you know, it's it's just not like sort of like, you know, it's four on the floor. Fitted, you know, I mean, um it was coming out of coming out of the verse, which is a, a very kind of smooth Beatles type feel into the into the bridge section which is the one we're talking about uh, did you do that all in one take or did you do a couple of takes i did that all in one take that baseline I, I i did it um in about seven takes the first time i attempted it 
and then gradually sort of whittled it down until I got it down to about three. And then and then I just thought one night, all oh, right, I'm going to go for it. And I just pressed record and just played it through. So Yeah, there are quite a few bass lines that I really like on the album, but that, that, that was pretty cool. I thought that was actually quite good. And I remember trying to mix it, and I thought, well, I've got to make sure this pokes out somehow, because I always try and bury your bass anyway, because it's the yeah, least, how you do, yeah. It's the least important part of our music. Right? Yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> no, I, I really thought that's really cool. We had to show off your talents, because I know you play in other bands, and I'm not going to mention, we all know who they are, but I, I don't really hear you playing. Splitter. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I, I don't actually hear you playing that kind of bass, say, for example, when you're playing for Squire. Or maybe for drums and wires. Well, no, T TSE for me is a totally different um, ball game. No, so, that was that was that was brilliant. Uh, because I don't have to sing, and because I don't have to write ninety five percent of the songs, I can concentrate on it easier. On, on yeah, I can concentrate on my passion. Uh, my original passion has always been bass playing. I got kind of conned into uh, doing lead vocals for drums and wires. And it was a real nice change to do, to do the TSE stuff with you and Stu. Well, Stuart can relate to that because he, he told the story when we first when we first tried to get Pretzel Logic together. We had that session around Woody's, mm. and then Stuart actually said, uh, "I think he wrote a blog about it on our website. <laughs> it's no longer there, unfortunately." No, but where well, he said basically, we just Stuart looked at Woody, and I looked at Woody, and looked at Stuart, and some, so I think Woody said, "Who's going to sing this?" And I think Stuart said, well, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I think you, you, you said, Tony, you said, well, there's absolutely no way I can do it. I cannot sing. And I went, oh, bloody hell, I'll have to do it then. And that was literally the, the what got me into singing. Oh, well, I'll have to do it then. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I somehow got away with it. But I still I, don't I, know what I'm doing. I, I, re I remember we took away that two-track. It was like a two-track tape recorder. And, and Stuart had this red mini, had a mini at the time. Yeah, it did, yeah. And literally that tape was playing we were so amazed that we actually managed to record anything I yeah think that for about like three weeks solid and it was only a two chord song at the end of the day wasn't it i mean it was well, no. two chord singing partly night and then i tried to do some solo bit at the end it was a bit of a disaster but i remember yeah. it's just we played that tape for ages and ages so john it's funny how some a good segue actually in yeah. sorry i'm going to interrupt you there because yes. that's a great segue into what you said there is literally two chords into Pandora as a song, as a pop song, is my favourite of practically everything I've written, I think, in in terms of musically, because it's really simple chords in it. It's Ds and As and Gs and D7s and what have you. But the way it's strung together is really smooth. It really works. It flows well. And if you if you can imagine Bob Dylan with an acoustic guitar or my great hero, Mike Scott, with an acoustic guitar, Mike Scott's always a Bob Dylan fan anyway, playing the chords to Pandora and singing it in that vocalized sort of way. That's exactly how I saw Pandora when I when I first did it, when I wrote it. It's, it's an easy song to sing and vocalize because there's not too much melody in it. It's, and I really liked that when I was writing it because I was trying to make it sound like, you know, that I didn't have to add too much melody into it. And it just works. And I, I've, out of all the songs, I really love the way the chords hang together on it. But it was just a demo with acoustic guitar. And when it goes over to you, Tony... And you come up with all these clever little ideas. I've got to say that chugging guitar. We all love that. That just works brilliantly. Ah, yes, the guitar. Is it a French impression? Yeah, I have to, you have to tip your hat or whatever they say to the edge then, because that's just the standard sort of four dotted repeating guitar note. 
the reason why I went for that is I knew there had to be something different for the chorus. I mean, I had the yeah. verses pretty much worked out. The bit I really liked was the linked, uh, actually the end of the chorus that goes into uh, the verse yeah. that goes into the chorus. And I found this preset. I can, it was called Creepy Piano. And it had this really sort of like kind of piano sound you hear in a horror movie when something terrible is about to happen. Mm. And I just banged out the main melody. And I thought, yeah, it's going to be really cool because the end of that verse, it's got a really strong uh, hook. I can't remember yeah. what the words are. Excuse me. I know your words are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The end uh, of the verse or the end of the... Bridge? The end of the first, um, go at the end of the first verse. Stones throw from St. Yeah, Paul's. She works in the city, a stone's throw from St. Paul's, yeah. And I knew that I knew that bit musically had to sort of, in my mind, I told you before, I, I remember watching this movie called Bridget Jones, and there's a scene actually where Bridget Jones has just successfully <laughs> you know, scored with um, um, Hugh Grant, and she's all full of herself and confident, and she's walking across Westminster Bridge or Waterloo Bridge, probably Waterloo Bridge, yeah. and she's got this swagger about her. Oh Just yeah, yeah, sort of like yeah. Confident thorn. I thought that is Pandora. That is Pandora, but and, not Bridget and then, Jones. Then, great. I wanted to put what I had in my mind into music, and what I wanted to do was have this swagger. So I knew I needed a bit that needed to be heavy. So after yeah. I came up with that creepy piano sound, I had to put these really massive, huge guitar chords in the background, sort of block standard um, power chords. Da 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 da, and then on top of that. I then put this huge, great big brass behind it as well. So I really wanted that bit to sort of like really stand out. And the brass was almost like, you know, almost like a, a nod to this sort of like jazz, you know, sort of jazz, sort of confident swing kind of feel to it. Yeah, we had some sort of keyboard brass stabs in, in the original version of it. And the original version of Pandora had chugging drums and it was really a boom, da, boom, boom, da, boom, boom, da, all the way through. And you rather cleverly, I remember when you did it, I thought, I, at first I thought, why has he dropped the drums out for the first verse? And it's just, just the strings and everything. And then I thought, that's, that's a bit, that's not going to suit Pandora. And then when I did it and I listened to it, I thought, oh my God, that totally suits this song, just to drop them out at the beginning and have, you know, because it made me sing it in a different way normally. And I would have originally, I would have sung the first verse in a sort of, there's this whirling age, you know, in a kind of really, you know, loud and sort of Bob Dylan-y type way. But it made me sing it in a more, if this were the acid, because there was nothing there except the strings and, and I had to sing it in a in a quieter way. And it really bloody worked, actually. I, I was really I, surprised. I, I, and that was inspired. Once I'd actually found the patch, um, because I knew that I wanted to make it sound a little bit different at the beginning. Once I'd found that string sound, I thought it would just sound lovely with your voice and the strings on its own. And then, of course... I don't know whether, John, you recorded bass in the beginning. I might even just cut the bass out. But my thing was I wanted that classic. Yeah. I, I wanted to, Yeah, well, you have to, don't you? I, I wanted that classic kind of drop. Okay? <laughs> Basically, I think also I had some kind of riser going on there. I had some effect in the background. So that when it actually comes up and then you get the downbeat, it hits. The song really starts then, yeah? Because yeah, I yeah. think actually the introduction is, is half of the first verse and then you go on to sing another second verse or is that the same verse? I can't remember. But anyway, I thought I thought the second verse is half the first verse. Yeah, it's just the yeah. two lines instead of the four. Yeah. So I thought that was really impactful. And then John comes in with the bass and the drums come in and then the song really takes off. So, um, yeah. And then, of course, I thought I had to do this sort of edge type guitar thing, which, um, uh, yeah, was um, I think also I thought it was a bit too much. And I thought, should I have it going on during the the choruses as well? Oh. Yeah, just keep it on in the chorus. Yeah. And uh, it, it really takes off at that point, and that's what I think we all loved about it. And out of all the songs we recorded on the Where Are the Angels album, 
For me, Pandora is firstly my favourite vocal take of mine, and secondly, as a song, it's probably the one I like listening to most. Um, it's not it's not the one I'm most proud of, but it is the one I like listening to most because it just sounds great. It's it's professional. It's got it just sounds really well arranged, and there's nothing really you you can sort of pick a hole in it. It just hangs together. It's really good. Well, I, think I, also, that's why I also thought John. I want to say, going back to John bit in the bass, because the she mm. takes taxi cabs, yeah, iPhone apps, still uses the word. But that's a story kind of about that. I'll tell you that. In a the, the, the the kind of baseline John did there that was actually that that sounded that sounded very good, but it sounded almost like it's not a cliche baseline. But I thought that was quite weird. Well, what do you call that when you were sort of running up? You're going doom 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 doom. Well, it's kind of walking baseline, but because because it's. I've got a pretty good idea that that uh, that section is in a minor key, so it it kind of uh, created some difficult with me difficulty with me um, doing it all on 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 the bomb bomb frets. So that's what I did basically. Is when it goes, it goes. It is minor. Taxi cabs. Yeah. iPhone apps. And then I went. Do, 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 do. And that's just basically doing the same thing up four frets. No, that was yeah. really good because that links yeah. actually quite nicely. It's a good way to link into the chorus. Yeah. You, you go back to a more traditional, I would say, more traditional bass line following. Yeah. But that, as I say, that was, that was basically um, a kind of take on, on a kind of funky bass line. Except, you know, instead of going boom, 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 up sort of like the fretboard, you're just doing four frets, you know, mm. like, for instance, I think it was uh, D, D sharp, E, E sharp. And that I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, somewhere. I didn't know you could play that many notes, John, actually. I was quite what? Yeah, well, it's, it's easy if you get the pattern, you know, I mean, you, you just get it. Boom, 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 boom. All you need to do is slide up the fret that you're playing. It, it sounds more complicated than it is, but yeah, obviously it takes brilliance in here to actually even years of experience and right. talent and beyond question. And go experience for bloody years, mate. Yeah, there was a thing actually, too. You, I, I interrupted you. Do who's do? Stu. Stu iPhone apps. I don't think that was originally the lyric, was it? No, this is the big reveal about the, today's podcast, the big reveal about Pandora and the words to Pandora. I changed them. The original words, the original uh, words for the ver for the bridge were, she takes taxi cabs. Can you guess what the next one is? No, you can't. I think I know what it was. Uh, um, Philofax. Philofax. Not oh, food yeah. income tax. It's showing its age, isn't it? And it was like late 80s, early 90s um, lyric. And I thought, nah, that's no good. So I was struggling. I was, you know, walking, the, again, probably walking the dog one day. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, thinking, well, what am I going to put in here that's up to date and that my daughter would, would recognize? And I was trying to get Instagram and Facebook and social media in there somehow. And then it just came up. I'm just riding with cabs and apps and tax. Sorry. Oh, apps. Yeah, iPhone apps. Okay. So, yeah, we just put in iPhone apps. And I played it to, I think it was one of my brothers I played it to. Because he, he, and he, he knows the original song. And he said, oh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, no, no, no. And I said, well, there's no way I'm leaving Filofax in there. You forget it. You could, you, could have used, you could have used, um, you've got tax and cabs. So what do you yeah. 
don't know. I'm so limited with my tabs. Yeah. Um, massive baps. Massive baps. Yeah. <laughs> Bacon baps. And this is why. And this is why Stuart writes lyrics for our. No, I, I don't know what Pandora do. Would would she would she take i she would take iPhone apps on and and mess around with those on her phone but i'm not sure pandora had massive baps anyway and whether she she definitely wouldn't eat a bacon bat well she eat edamame beans and something like that you know yeah, or something. taxi cabs and uh yeah. tap but ba- pandora sounds like a posh woman actually it's sort of like she is I, quite I, yeah. Well, yeah i always wanted quite. to say that this is always the kind of girl that i always probably would dream about dating but knew i have absolutely zero chance I, I probably wouldn't even be worthy of a glance even if actually we we're in a room and there was nobody in it apart from me and her she probably still wouldn't look at me actually in the yeah, face he's probably right i think i did <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't look any of us in this face you feel better mate because pandora you know she was she was earning big money you know and today pandora would be earning six figures you know in the city she'd be working for some insurance bank or insurance company and she'd be you know, she'd be a wealthy girl and she she wouldn't date anyone unless they were, you know, A, brilliant looking and B, had pots and pots of money and stuff like that. That's how well, I view That's how I view her. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's the impression that I got from reading the lyric. And uh, I don't know, I, I think actually, did you submit a singing version where you said file of facts or maybe I no, saw no, I I some text? No, I didn't. I just probably text. I, I got rid of that. And um, it wasn't one of the songs that you originally sent me and Tony of Pillow Fights back, was it? You know the the kind of album that was never released because I've still. No, it was an old. It was an older song, but the band never. We never recorded it. it was never. No, I didn't know. It was just. It was. It was a demo that we worked on, and I had a. They had some sort of ideas for it, and. I think we recorded, we did, we rehearsed it live once or twice, never ever really got made the set or did anything. And looking back now, I can't understand why, because for me, it was one of my, certainly one of my favourite lyrics, and it's simple. And as I said, written in the third person, it's one of one of the best songs we did, but it was certainly the best song, I, one of the best songs I've written. So, yeah. I have to, I have to say that from my, of all the vocal performances, I mean, I can't sing, so I'm not a very good judge. And I think both of you on the album, brilliant, brilliant lyrics. But Stuart, you did all the vocals. But I remember actually you did the session with the backing vocals, I think separate to the main vocal. Mm. And I remember you sent over the backing vocals and then I was really, really convinced this was going to be a great song because the backing vocals, especially in the last chorus... Um, they they must be. We we talked about this. Well, I've I've sent you messages on yeah. Messenger saying this has to be inspired by the Beach Boys and maybe Pet Sounds because those harmonies are just so classic. And for me, actually, at the moment I heard them and I listened to them on my laptop in GarageBand before I'd even exported them and brought them into my session, I just thought this is going to work. That's just really going to work. They're really great. I think they were just thirds. And I think what I did on Pandora, I think it's your right your idea was I recorded the the lead vocal through. I did three takes on the lead vocal, so we had a, a center, a left, and a right pan that you could do, and and then with the harmonies, I think I just did two on each harmony on each on each, and I think it was only, I've got a feeling they were just thirds, and I'm, I added in a, a higher one toward for the last choruses. So I think there were th- two harmonies backing up the main vocal in the last chorus, but in the other choruses, I think it's just the one harmony, but it's so simple, and it and it and it follows the main vocal so easily. 
that yeah, that was simple things. That's that my, simple, favorite, my favorite part because my big my big problem with the song, if I yeah. was actually sort of putting an objective producer's hat on, is that there isn't much variation musically, and basically no. the the last verse is just um, in a different key, but essentially it's the same song with the same words, and I I probably would thought, oh, this is sounding a little bit too same. Mm. And the same the word I meant to say. It just shifts up a tone, doesn't it? it at the end. Up a tone. I, I yeah. don't know. It probably goes up half a tone or a tone. I'm not too sure. It's just but two those, frets, as far as I know. That's all I know. Or my guitar. Those, those, those different backing vocals really made it. And I think we get away with it because you yeah. did actually introduce, as you say, maybe um, a, an extra vocal that was an octave higher or lower. But it really does actually mm. make the song. Yeah. The other problem that I had with song was the guitar solo because I'm an absolute crap guitar player. Well, and no. I, I, I really had I I probably see oh I'm not having that. <laughs> There's that guy in in Guildford. He's worse. He's worse. <laughs> oh. That was Foggy Towers, wasn't it? Yes, that was a major. I, I tell you, I, that that guitar solo Sorry. I had lots of problem with. I don't know how many takes that I t and I spent most of my time mixing that guitar sound, trying to get the tone that I like. I, I actually in the end I tried to do something that was in my head that I wanted to play. And in the end, I gave up, and I just went back to your original demo recording, and I just basically copied it with a couple of. Minor I, did a, I did a little guitar solo for you, you did a little guitar the, solo. yeah, which I kind of. I'm not a guitarist either. In fact, I'm pro, I'm, I'm even worse than Tony to be honest. But yeah, I did. I remember putting a little guitar solo on it with my my little Fender here, my telly, and I was quite pleased with it because I had a quite nice. I had some plug-in, you know. Um, effect on it and I, I thought yeah I've actually done a solo and it's not too bad it's little, and you took it and I think you you took bits of it and made it just a bit better which is what you do so well, yeah that's exactly it because I was yeah. actually writing a completely different solo and then I thought oh I don't like guitar solos I'm going to put a keyboard solo in yeah I decided against that and I went back to which I did I did try and take the DI um the direct input so in other words I stripped your yeah. take of all the effects oh, I yeah. had my own effects and it kind of almost worked and uh, I thought, no, I'm going to have a stab at this. I'm going to see whether I can just add it. And I think I literally just learned your solo note for note. And Did then you? I just added a couple of My bits. God. I, I actually added the music to this album. <laughs> Nothing else. You know, I, added, I added a couple of bits and pieces. But for me, the solo was was my Achilles heel. And I, I every time I was playing back, I kind of, you know, oh, I just, that the solo is coming up. Oh, I really don't like this solo. But um, at the end of the day, I kind of swallowed it. And you guys said it's okay. So... Um, yeah, and that, that was the complete package. Yeah. And the song actually turned out a lot better than I thought, because as I said, I really struggled with the production initially. I mean, it was literally about like a week and a half where I just came downstairs here to my small cellar home studio. I opened up my session. I looked at the screen thought, what the hell am I going to do with this song? Plan your waders, waded through the gallons of water in your cellar. I got my, I got my canoe. <laughs> I had to sort of find a noise gate to filter out the noise from the ducks. You know? I had to sort of you know, set the threshold about like 40 dB and so that obviously it crunch, you know, pushes the sound. So no, anyway, that that, was, that, that actually turned out, um, I wouldn't say it's my favourite song on the album, but I do realise it's got massive pop potential and your vocals and John's bass work are absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm just not 100% sure that I did it justice with the production and also, I still have these concerns about the end of the song just being a basic repeat of the, the, the beginning of the song. The, mm. the, I really like the link right? I talked about with the big brass and the piano and she works in the city, a stone's throw from St. Paul's. I really, really love that bit. Actually, that's one of my favorite writing bits on the entire album. Mm. 
But the song is saved, I think, because of what? It's only like two minutes, 80 seconds. Yeah. It's it's a short song. So it's I think that's over before you know it, isn't it? Two minutes, oh, 80. That, that's three minutes, 20, isn't it? Is it three minutes? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is my strong point. 80 seconds in a minute. Oh, my God. What was going on? Tony, I don't think you need to worry about that. What you did with that song is stupendous. Yeah, it is. And it's Thanks, guys. It's done now. You can't revisit it. No, I can't. You need to. It is it, it, one song I play to my friends when I'm if they and someone a new a, a friend or someone that hasn't heard the album says, "Oh, we can listen to a track." I'll always put on Pandora. I don't know yeah. why. I just do it it's because I'm proud. A, I think my voice sounds okay in it, and some of the other songs I'm not that happy with. And B, as I said earlier, oh, it sounds shit. really slick and it works. It just works, and I really like that about Pandora. The thing that really did hit me was the enthusiasm when we finished it. You guys came back and you were sort of saying, it's the best song on the album, it's fantastic. Oh, God, yeah. It's right, yeah. Song on the album. I mean, there was so much love for it. As, as, yeah, as well, we finished that with them being stressed by, didn't we? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time, John. <laughs> Not all the time. That was one of the instants, though. I think Born to be Free, Pandora... I could see your face, for instance, you know, the others took some time to... Mm. I think what was also nice about the song is with Angels and with I I Can See Your Face is literally we'd heard them for so long, for like a year and a half, Mm. that it was just a question of, you know, obviously we like the songs, but we were so tied up in doing a professional job. When Pandora came along, I'd never heard it before. John, Mm. you'd never heard it before. It was really exciting to work on something fresh. It was like, it was almost like working on new material. And I think that was also something that was actually different about it as well. Perhaps that's why we were so hyper about it. And the same pattern yeah. followed when we did Girl, The Girl from Devon and also Mr. Heartache. I'd heard Mr. Heartache before. But yeah. It wasn't sort of like one of the old songs that we'd been playing and, and, and recording various versions on for like a year and a half leading up to... to yeah when we did these last three or four songs, because these last three or four songs were probably the last three or four songs we did before we released the album, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, well, the next podcast will be Mr. Heartache. No, it's going to be a long story. And then, and then The Girl from Devon, which closes the album, as we know. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. But um, for the time being, we are up to 30 minutes here, so we're probably nearly at our... Is that what yeah, we normally do? Half an hour? No, yeah, we, we normally do about 30 minutes, 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and it, the thing actually, I, really, I didn't know Pandora was based on Miranda. I actually knew Miranda, as you know. Um, that was interesting. So I learned something. I always learned something from these podcasts that I didn't know, either about the music or about, well, the lives that we had and we shared all those years ago. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and really, it was just, I don't quite know why her nickname was Pandora because she was she was a funny girl. She she her father was governor of the Virgin Islands, British Virgin Islands, and so she lived in the UK with me. And her parents were miles and miles and miles away, and uh, only we only were together for a year or two. But for some reason, she she got this nickname Pandora, and so I just used it. But it's it's definitely not about her. She was nothing like Pandora. <laughs> she was wasn't there wasn't there any injury song called Pandora or something? Yes, uh, he did the he did a song called Profoundly in Love with Pandora, which That's was about Adrian Mole, wasn't it? The Adrian Mole story. Oh, is it? Yeah, I didn't. And, know. and also the very great Cocteau Twins, who I, back in the early eighties I loved and um, really different unusual band they had an album of songs which had really weird titles and one of those was pandora but it, that had nothing to do with this it's just coincidental mm. but 
she's yeah and these days pandora is obviously little bracelets and, and jewelry for for women isn't it yeah of course i i had to had to put a spam filter on my mailbox because i kept getting emails asking me to buy stuff from pandora yeah. um eventually i had to pick my white list of my email i got fed up with getting emails asking me yeah. to buy stuff from pandora last question i wanted to mention was do we think this is the best song on the album and is it your favorite song on the album john it it's a ch- it's a toss up between this one and born to be free uh i kind of i i kind of uh differentiate you know if i listen to the whole album i love it all i think it's all brilliant but i i do think pandora is an outstanding song um usually like a true diplomat usually usually my favorite because i just love the way i was let loose on the bass on that song yeah you know but that's probably a personal reason that i like it so much well i'm gonna say same with born to be free really i mean pretty wappy bass lines yeah you were able to go yeah you were able to do your thing weren't you which is what it's great we're stewards i mean although i love i i I can see your face Stuart has different reasons to love that song because of the the meaning of the lyric the writing of the lyric and and everything else i have a reason to love that song because it was one that you know just totally needed a different feel and, and there was so much atmosphere in it and it, and it really disciplined it stretched me. you to the limit as well it by the sounds of it limit on the bass so actually it, yeah but i was pleased with the way it turned out and 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 yeah, on a musical, you know, if we're talking the best musical song, I think I I can see your face wins hands down for keyboards, bass, yeah, vocals, everything. So I, you're I nearly there with Pandora. It's, it's kind of like very close to your favourite. Well, I think Pandora is my favourite. Ah, okay, okay. What they said it. He said it. If somebody, if somebody said, if I was pressed to say, we're going to play one track from the the TSE album which one would you want to hear it would be Pandora yeah I'm exactly the same I would say as a recording and as a song I turn to to listen to Pandora is the one that I listen to most yeah Uh, my favorite song the song I'm most proud of as you all know is The Girl from Devon but I would say in terms of listening to I would I would rather listen to Pandora than I would our recording of The Girl from Devon purely on a vocal level. I didn't sing The Girl from Devon as well as I sung Pandora. And it's just me picking myself apart, as singers always do. We all do it, don't we? we what we yeah, recorded. Yeah, unnecessarily. singers, because we're all a bunch of, of arseholes, to be honest. But there we go. Well, I don't myself as a singer, Stu. You know, <laughs> no, you're a bass player. So you're a singer. Who sings? Can't play bass. So. Yeah, I'm not a singer that can't play bass, guitar, or drum. No, I don't know why. I don't know why I said yes actually back there because I can't sing at all. It's just stupid thing to say. It's just yeah, Pandora is the one I turn to, but I'd say Pandora, Face, I can see your face, and The Girl from Devon are the three favourites for me. And the two, Pandora is the one I go to. The song that I love and people seem to come to me and say oh my god that's so original is where are the angels weirdly but Pandora Strange. is the one i turn to in, in if i want to listen to a song or play something to my friends to il- illustrate what we've done then it will be hey listen to this because i i like i like the chugging this and i think i'm proud of it because it sounds really professional and then as i say face is well, it's got a certain vibe to it that yeah. it's just like yeah yes yeah. everybody tapping their feet on it well i would say 
I, I, I've always have difficulty when people, you know, we talk about our favorite song or best song on the album, but I got a good way to get out of it. I could say it's the best pop song on the album. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Agreed. Yeah. And that gets me out of talking about Born to Be Free. And um, I, I know you like Born to Be Free. I know you do. And yeah, why not? I quite, I quite like it. But I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I have to actually, I haven't listened to the album for a few months. So I have to listen to it again. No, I haven't for a while. Um, yeah, I'll have to give it a listen, um, and and not just actually in it, it, AirPods or on headphones. Just put it on a CD and just listen to it from a, a couple of speakers. Mm-hmm. Right, guys, okay. well, that was uh, I think that's about we're on the forty minute mark. I think that's about it. I'll just do my usual saying. Thanks for dropping by on a what is it Wednesday afternoon and spending time talking about how crap we are. Hey, Fantastic pleasure. Yeah, we are not a crap. And um, John, yes, mate. What's happening with um you've got an ep coming out do a quick plug oh yeah ep coming out sometime in july uh can't do a plug because i don't know what exact date but so um looking forward to that that's five track ep that's coming out uh sometime in july it's coming out on Bandcamp on the 2nd of july brilliant so uh we're doing a cd version but i i need to get a little bit more of a cry crowdfunding and some pre-orders to actually afford to do that well, I hope you're giving away some free badges. By the way, I still don't have a that's Formado effect badge. I gave them all to Stuart. I'll set up. They're in. They're in the drawer just behind me. I'll, I'll send you one or two. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll bring them over in September when I'm. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got to get. A, I've got to get a Parker and a scooter first, mate. Uh, the, the, you know, that yeah. can actually. The badge can come later. I can send you a drums and wires badge, Tony, that you could affix to your Parker and look ridiculous. Thanks very much. And I look forward to getting a free copy of the EP as well, signed by all the band. We'll send you both a free copy of the EP. You know, whether you use it as a, a placemat or whether you listen to it is up to you. Coach, yeah. Enough. yeah. <laughs> so, on that note, guys, I'll, I'll say um, au revoir and good night, and uh, until the next podcast where we talk about Mr. Heartache. Excellent. Good night. Good night. Adios, amigos. Good night, Adios. Yeah.